Okay, morning everyone. If you'd like to be turning to John chapter 12, we're carrying on through John. We're looking at um, John 12 verses 9 to 19, so I'll just read those to us. When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they, they came, not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made a plan to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. The next day, the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, so they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, just as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a colt, on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about, you, about him and had been done to him. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness. The reason why the crowd went to meet him was that they heard he had done this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you're gaining nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Father, we do pray this morning that you will keep speaking to us now as we look to your word. Thank you for your presence here and the way that you speak to each of us. Thank you that you're very attentive, mindful, all-knowing, all-knowing about each of us. We pray that every one of us, both here in the building and watching online, we pray, Lord Jesus, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done, and that we would be built up in our faith and strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit, in ways that we cannot do for ourselves. We pray that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're just looking at this, uh, hanging the, the, the sort of talk this morning on this phrase, Jesus reaches the world. And we find in verse 19 that phrase, right at the end of this little bit of narrative, the world has gone after him. The whole world has gone after him. Wouldn't we love that to be the state of affairs now? <laughs> the whole world's gone after him. It's almost like a statement of, uh, well, so many people just crowding in on him. The whole world's gone after him. The, the, the tide has shifted. There's, there's a shift. So now the whole world's gone after him. Um, in our nation, wouldn't it be amazing if there were so many people seeking Christ that this was said? This made the headlines. The whole world's gone after Jesus. Amazing. As we know, our nation overall at present is in somewhat of a sad spiritual situation, sad spiritual decline, and has been for many years. And, what, and yet what sparked the change here in this chapter is the same thing that could spark the change now and has always sparked the change whenever God has moved in whatever nation or whatever point of history. It's the same thing again and again that sparks the change. And the one thing that sparks change, and so people, it can be said, the whole world's gone after Jesus, is this. The one thing, resurrection power. It's the resurrection power of Jesus that is the game changer. 
And that's, uh, we'll see that as we go through this together. It's resurrection stories and resurrection power. You remember the chapter before uh, when Lazarus was unwell and, they, and his sister said, you know, get to him, you know, you, he's unwell, you can make him better. And Jesus said to them, if, uh, did I not say to you, if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So Jesus said that to them, and yet Lazarus died. And you might think, well, the most obvious thing for the glory of God to be seen when, he, when Lazarus was unwell would have been for Jesus to lay hands on him and make him better, as he did to many people, didn't he? Would that not be the most obvious thing? And yet, that isn't what happened. We know what happened. Lazarus died. Jesus didn't even return to pray for him until he was dead. So there was huge upset. There was huge grief. There was huge sadness. There was great mystery, great perplexity. And even Jesus cried himself. The whole thing just looked as if it had gone wrong. The whole thing looked as if, well, this wasn't supposed to happen. This isn't in the narrative. This isn't what Jesus does. Jesus went around doing good, healing many people. It says that in the Gospels. He healed all who were, who were unwell. He touched lives. And yet Lazarus, who was probably amongst his best friends, well, he, didn't, he didn't even go back to, to pray for him. So Lazarus died. And yet he says to Lazarus' family, to his sisters, did I not say to you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Massive perplexity as to what's going on. But what was happening then we see the fruit of in this chapter now. Right? We wouldn't have had the phrase, the whole world has gone after him, unless Jesus had let Lazarus die then. And many times in life, many times in life as a Christian, we face things that look like Jesus has abandoned us, or it's all gone wrong, or he doesn't do what he says he'll do on the tin, or there's, there's something completely seeming to us of a perplexity, a mystery, that we look at our life circumstances, our church circumstances, our nation circumstances, we look at everything and we think, Lord, if you had been here, this would not have happened. There's something within us that argues with God and says, well, we, we went out on a limb for you, Lord. We did this for you. We took this step of faith, or we, we, we went this way, we believed you were with us, and we, we, we've trusted you, we've seen you do things in the past, we knew you were going to do, and nothing happened. Somehow it didn't work out, it went wrong. Something about it all just didn't make any sense. You think, well, what's all this about? Now, when that happens, hear me, there is always a bigger plan that we cannot see in the midst of our pain and grief while it's happening. There's always a bigger plan. We, if, if chapter um, 11 ha, um, had not happened, chapter 12 would not have been written. You, you see, the, the way with the kingdom, the way up is the way down. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it bears alone. But if it dies, it will bear fruit. Jesus, Lazarus had to die for the bigger purposes of God to be seen. And it takes, a, it takes well, it takes faith, doesn't it? Doesn't Jesus say without faith it's impossible to please God? Yeah, it takes faith to believe that God is doing something when it looks like everything's going wrong. It takes a lot of faith. Sometimes God does things for reasons that we cannot see while we're in them. 
That's just the Christian life. COVID looks completely pointless to me. Can anybody see anything redeeming whatsoever about going through COVID? Because I can't. Think, well, well, God's doing this. No, I can't see what he's doing. This looks like a complete mess to me. <laughs> pointless, utter pointless, waste of time. Grief, pain, suffering, isolation, mental health problems, economic problems, churches sort of all, all over the place, all across the country. Some people come back, some people haven't. Some people, you know, questioning their faith. Some people, yeah, it's a complete disaster on the surface. <laughs> Isn't it? Am I the only one? Anyone happy that we've had COVID? No, it's complete, utter, utter disaster. And it would be so easy for me to say, Jesus, if you'd been here, you should have stopped this. But he didn't. Might I even suggest that some of the current shakings and changing we've had as a church over recent months, we might look at it and think, well, this is all a bit perplexing, painful. Shaking it all. We don't know where are we going. Up, up, down, where are we going? We say, Jesus, if you'd been here, this wouldn't have happened. Might I suggest that in each of these things, if we truly believe in resurrection power, there is a bigger plan ahead than the immediate perplexity that we are living in. And what we all do, myself, the biggest offender, is we look at the immediate and make judgments upon what it looks like now. But Jesus said to them, Do, did I not say to you, if you believed, you will see the glory of God. He will say the same thing over COVID. He'll say the same thing about church changes and all the rest of it. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. It's how Jesus works. There's a bigger plan. Just to see in this story of Lazarus how this is, if you look at... If you look at um, uh, verse 9, it says, the people came not only on account of Jesus, but they came also to see Lazarus, right? So if Lazarus hadn't been raised from the dead, if they hadn't have gone through this thing, the people wouldn't have come, right? They came to see Lazarus, not just Jesus. They came to see the fact that a man had come back from the dead, not just been healed, but a man had been raised from the dead and the whole world gone after him. And then, because there were so many people who come to see this, this man who'd been raised from the dead and to see Jesus, it says they took branches of palm trees, laid them on the ground, shouted, Hosanna. And Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it. Look at this. Just as it is written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Prophets, centuries before, had prophesied that one day Jesus will the king will ride on a donkey into Jerusalem. So there's a bigger plan centuries before that required Lazarus to die and all the pain and the grief that his sisters went through thinking, well, our lives are just all in turmoil now. That momentary, momentary um, perplexity and mystery and pain was part of the outworking of this. You get it? You with me? Right? So something spoken of years ago needed this to happen so that the bigger plan could be birthed. God always has a resurrection plan in place for you and me. Always. Whatever you are going through, whatever we go through, whatever this nation goes through, Jesus is the resurrection and the life. 
That's what makes him different. That's what makes the Christian faith completely ridiculous to logical thinking. Because Jesus isn't about self-improvement. He's about bringing dead people to life. And he says, the same, he says the same thing to us. If you believe, you will see the glory of God. Jesus has got bigger goals for this nation than to be completely in spiritual decline. Jesus has got bigger goals than for this church to go through all sorts of change and not come out stronger for it. Because it's his church, it's his nation, it's his world, and he's the resurrection and the life. And if we rely on our own strength, we completely miss what it is to be a Christian. To be a Christian is to say, I'm just like Lazarus. I'm about as good as Lazarus when it comes to raising myself from the dead. Now, you'll notice in this story, as in every time God begins to move, there are enemy tactics to shut down resurrection power. So in verse 9, it says, When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to, to see Lazarus, who he raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well. I mean, poor chap, yep, in, out, in, out. Which, which is it? He dead, alive, dead, alive? I mean, I'm sure if, if they'd have killed him, Jesus would go, oh, no, you don't. Get out again. He's not going to be defeated. But the point was the Pharisees thought, let's kill him so that resurrection power cannot be witnessed. Because resurrection power, you can't argue with that. And the devil will always try to kill off God's work in our lives by uh, trying to kill the resurrection stories that God wants to bring in our lives. You've been through difficulty, you've been through pain, you've been through perplexity, your faith's been shaken, your world's been shaken. For some reason I feel there may be some folk here who've got some marriage strains and you think, wow, it, it, it was all going so well and now it feels like it's dying. Listen, there's resurrection power. In every situation, that's why Jesus is the saviour. That's why we're here this morning. If he can't raise dead people to life, why are we wasting our time? Let's leave now. It's pointless. I don't want to be a religious person. I've got better things to do. Really? I'd rather be doing the garden. Well, not today, but you know. <laughs> I have no interest in being a religious person. I want to be around someone who can raise dead people to life and who can put life into my life that I can't give to myself. And that's what Jesus does. That's what the Christian faith is. So enemy, the enemy tries to kill off resurrection stories. And you know what? The world and the devil cannot tolerate resurrection stories. They cannot... Um, the world will accept us all saying um, self-help. They'll accept that. They'll accept when we say, you know... Buy my book, 30 Days as to How to Change Your Life. Or, you know, put this into place and your life will be improved. The world will accept that. The world will accept self-help and self-improvement and, you know, adjusting our lives, making ourselves raised from the dead. The world will accept that. I did it myself. You can fulfill your dreams. The bookshops are full of that sort of stuff. Now, there's some help in, in all of that. Of course, there is you know, living good lifestyles and all the rest of it. But the moment you say, in the world, in the media, the moment you say, do you know what, I, I was like Lazarus. I was spiritually dead. I was unable to help myself. 
I was unable to deal with the sin within my heart that just keeps being produced day after day after day, and it's like a furnace and an engine, and it destroys me, it destroys other people around me. I can't get rid of it. I can't make myself better. I can't give myself eternal life. I can't find the meaning of life. I am naturally a sinner. I naturally need help from God. I need resurrection from the dead or there's absolutely no hope for me. You say that in the media and it won't come out on the front pages. Why? Because it forces mankind to say, we need a saviour. Well, here's the news. You do. We all need a saviour. We are unable to save ourselves, improve ourselves, change ourselves. Man cannot reach God. Man cannot solve the problem of sin in his own heart. He cannot solve the problem of what happens after I die. One of the... No, I'll come back to that one. Jesus, Lazarus could only say, I was dead. Jesus called my name and I came to life. I mean... <laughs> He didn't contribute very much, did he? In actual fact, his contribution was to stink more because he'd been in there four days. So not only was he dead, but he stunk. <laughs> the enemy wants to kill off those stories. He wants to kill off a resurrection story. When, when your story, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, your story is this. I needed a saviour because I'm a sinner. I can't stop myself sinning. The good things I want to do, I don't always do. The things I know I shouldn't do, I do them. We're all broken. Now, it's not that we're completely broken, otherwise we'd all be running around with machine guns hacking everybody down. We're, thank God that there is common grace in the world, and there's still the image of God that makes us aware that God's fingerprints are on us. But no human being can stop themselves sinning no human being can raise themselves from the dead when they die. That's been the, that, if there's one thing about seizing the day we're living in, it's this. If there's one redeeming thing about COVID, it's this. It has made everybody realize the fact that it's been true all along, but that nobody's been wanting to talk about it because we don't talk about it, is that we're all going to die. Now, COVID has suddenly made everyone, oh, yeah, do you know what? I am actually going to die at some point. I cannot save myself. I cannot protect myself from this invisible bug. What if I catch it? What if I die? People have actually woken up to the reality that we are all frail creatures who cannot save ourselves. And I think, and I've heard other people say this, I reckon we've got a 12 to 18 month window now where people are more open to think about issues like the frailty of life, the meaning of life. What happens when I die? Is there truth in, the, in Christian faith or other things? People are searching. They really are. When COVID hit, if you uh, searching uh, on, on search engines, prayer went through the roof. People are looking. The Bible sold incredibly. People are looking. Just like the crowd that came to look at Lazarus. Ooh, let's have a look at this chap. You know what? He, he was dead. Now he's alive. That's interesting. A whole crowd. So much so the whole world's gone after him. Why? Because everybody wanted what Lazarus had got. Hope beyond death. All your neighbours, all your colleagues, all your friends, all your people you think, if you 
tell them you come to church, they kind of think, well, all right, if that's good for you, fair enough. That's not what it's about. It's about that you've been raised from the dead. We were spiritually dead, weren't we? And God's done something so that we, so that even, I'll be careful how I say this, even if we were to die now, sad as that would be, sad as that would be, if we're Christians, we're, all we're doing is going home and waiting then for everybody to catch up with us. It, death should hold no fear for us if we really understand the Christian faith. Because this life is a temporary journey from, from birth to grace. It's a temporary journey. And after, we've got eternity of this earth and heaven being remade and renewed, living on a physical earth. You're not going to go and float around in fluffy clouds. That's not heaven. It's this earth being remade into what God wanted it to be originally. And us living with him forever. And with one another. I'm imagining all the wonderful people I can sit down and have a meal with when I'm in heaven who've passed and already gone there. I'm looking forward to seeing Keith Hazel again. Have a good laugh. Rob Clark. People who... This isn't imaginary thinking. They've gone home. And we're, you know, we're going to catch up with them. That is the reality. That, that's the hope we have. Isn't it? And everybody else out there actually needs that kind of certainty and is beginning just to look for it because COVID has shaken this sort of false view that the world gives us that, well, we can solve everything. We can, medical advance now is, yeah, okay, yeah, we may live longer and get healthier and all that stuff, but we're still all going to die. That's a happy note, isn't it, for this morning? But it, why doesn't anybody ever talk about the elephant in the room? Just talk about, yeah, achieving, making the best out of life. Well, all right, great. You're still going to die. What does it profit a man if he gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? That's the Bible's comment on it all. We've got a great opportunity to seize the day, just to tell our resurrection stories. If you've, got to, if you've come to know Jesus, you have a resurrection story. And just like in this chapter, people were really interested in seeing that Jesus was the one who could raise people from the dead. Wow. They still are. And Lazarus' story was this. I was dead, but now I'm not. I'm alive. That doesn't sound very complicated, does it? And, and, and sometimes we can get a bit... Yeah, I'm a bit like this. Sometimes you think, oh, how do I, how do I begin to share my faith with this person? Well, Lazarus didn't go on tour. He didn't write a book. He didn't have a T-shirt on with, I'm back. You know, there, there were no other, there were, as far as we're concerned, he didn't actually say anything. People just came to look at him. Or he poked him a bit or whatever. Is he real? He didn't, it wasn't complicated. He just, I guess, would have said, well, I was dead, now I'm alive. My testimony and your testimony, if we know Jesus this morning, is really that simple. And there are people all around us who actually, with a simple, simple story of what Jesus has done in our lives. This is how I was before I knew Jesus. This is how I came to know Jesus. This is what my life is like now. A simple resurrection story 
Nothing complicated. There are thousands of people searching to hear stories like that because everyone's thirsty for truth. They are, regardless of what it might look like. You know, I was thinking about my resurrection story just as I was thinking about this. You know, and my resurrection story is this. I was dead, now I'm alive. I'm alive in Christ. I have no, I'm not particularly looking forward to dying, but I haven't got any fear of death. Because he's defeated death. I don't need to be afraid of it. Neither do you, if you know him. I was blind spiritually, now I see. Jesus brought me to life spiritually. I was born again. I've come to know God as my father. My sins are completely, totally forgiven. Past, present and future ones. It's all gone. Jesus took it on his body and it was nailed to the cross. I'm going to live forever. My sins are totally forgiven. I have nothing to fear in death and I have nothing to fear in life. Now, we go through spiritual warfare where the devil tries to make us scared and worried and all sorts of stuff. We have to battle that. There is a battle because the enemy tactics don't just start, stop with Lazarus. They're, they're with us now. Now, my story is this. If it were not for the resurrection power of Jesus, I would still be dead in my sins. I could not self-improve myself. I would not have matured with age. I would not have become religious, I hope, or have tried to do good things to somehow make myself acceptable before God. My only hope is this. I was in a grave spiritually like Lazarus. Jesus wept over my death came to my tomb and said, Mike, come out. And I walked out. That's your story as well, if you know Jesus. <clears throat> I tell you what, that is world-changing. Isn't it? You don't really look as if that's world-changing. Perhaps it's the masks. If you're, It's world-changing, Joan, isn't it? Joan says yes. <laughs> I was a mess before I knew Jesus. If I had not come to Christ, I have no idea what damage I would have done to myself and to other people. I would have been scared of myself. And that's the same for you and me. So, brothers and sisters, this morning, let's, everything that's going on in life, COVID, church, your own personal circumstances, where you've perhaps been through all sorts, I don't know what's represented in this room, Perhaps you've got marriage challenges. Perhaps you've got a lot of disappointment that you've been through with God, with other people. With, I don't know. There's all sorts of stuff. We, are, we do live in a world where the, the devil is very active. He's, very, he's, he's a mean piece of work. And he's clever. So he even gets us blaming God for things that are not God's doing. He's the, he's the prince of the power of the, of the air. He, He's at work in this world, and the one thing he wants us to do is to, is to kill resurrection power, is to kill off the stories so that we don't think God cares. But God does care, and he has got the power. Whatever you're going through, you've been through, there is, please believe me, according to the scriptures, there is a bigger plan in place for you than you can currently see. There is. Just as there was for Lazarus, he, was, he, he had to go through that in order that the whole world would go after Jesus. 